Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm actually kind of taking the weekend off because it's the 4th of July weekend. And it's also my daughter, Katrina's birthday. She was born on July 5th. However, she should have been born on the 4th after 32 hours of labor. I finally popped her out at 747 in the morning at St. Mary's Hospital in West Palm Beach. That's also where Serena Williams had her baby. Also, Marla Maples had Donald Trump's baby Tiffany at the exclusive St. Mary's Hospital in West Palm Beach. So Katrina was in good company. Many of the presidents had a home, a winter home, in South Florida. Of course, one of the most famous, obviously, is Mar-a-Lago. President Trump purchased Mar-a-Lago in 1985 for about 10 million bucks. And his wife at that time, Ivana Trump, was in charge of taking care of the property. He actually retained Mar-a-Lago through both divorces from Ivana and from Marla Maples. And now Melania shares it with him as the Winter White House now that he's president. It was built in the 1920s by Marjorie Merriweather Post. And she went to great lengths to turn the mansion into an official wintertime presidential retreat. It's located right at Ocean Boulevard in Southern Boulevard. It's on the Intracoastal and it's kind of on the ocean as well. Mar-a-Lago, which is sea to lake. Uh So the mansion dates back to the 1920s. It's huge. 110,000 square feet. It's glinted with gold leaf, Spanish tiles, Italian marble, Venetian silks. It's got 58 bedrooms, 33 bathrooms, gold-plated fixtures. Marjorie Merriweather Post believed that gold was easier to clean. An 1,800-square-foot living room and 42-foot-high ceilings. Now, Post and her second husband, Edward F. Hutton, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, in 1927 had guests over for dinner at the annual Everglades Costume Ball, and the host wore costumes evoking the reign of Louis XVI. And also, she had the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, which is headquartered in Sarasota, Florida, perform for a charity fundraiser for underprivileged children, and in 1944, she offered the grounds to World War II veterans who needed occupational therapy. So Mar-a-Lago has really been part of history and now it's home to the International Red Cross Ball. For a while there, I became a ballaholic. Post spent about seven million bucks to build it, and it's worth about ninety million dollars today. Now, another president who had a home on Palm Beach as well was John F. Kennedy. Actually, his dad purchased the Kennedy compound on Palm Beach. It's more on the northern side of Palm Beach. It's about two hundred feet from the ocean, and it's approximately an acre property. And it had 15,000 square feet of living space, 11 bedrooms, 12 bathrooms, and three half bathrooms. It's since been redone multiple times, but it was known as John F. Kennedy's Winter White House. The compound was purchased by his father, Joe P. Kennedy Sr. in 1941. It didn't have air conditioning for much of the time that the Kennedys owned it. But John F. Kennedy is said to have written his Pulitzer Prize winning book, Profiles in Courage, at the house while recovering from back surgery in 1956. And in 1963, President Kennedy spent the weekend there before heading to Dallas, where he was assassinated. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital. Uh, Presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States.
Now, the compound also became a crime scene of a notorious rape trial in the early 1990s involving Senator Ted Kennedy's nephew, William Kennedy Smith. Now, the victim said that the rape went down on the ground out by the pool. Kennedy Smith was found not guilty after Senator Ted Kennedy testified on his behalf. And soon after the dust settled from that trial, the family unloaded the property. In 1995, they sold it for $4.9 million to John Castle, who then revamped it, held on to it for 20 years, and sold it to Ms. Jane Goldman, who just now sold it again in 2015 for a whopping $70 million in an off-market deal. So the old Kennedy compound didn't have gold fixtures, but it sold for about $20 million less than what Mar-a-Lago is worth. Mar-a-Lago is worth somewhere north of $90 million today. Now, other presidents did spend time in South Florida when they wanted to get away from Washington, D.C. Harry Truman used to spend some time at the Key West Naval Base. There's a house down there that was government property that he used to visit to get away from the icy rigors of the White House. And for the purposes of this podcast, the late President Richard Nixon, like many others, owned a vacation home in South Florida. I don't know if you knew this. After he became president, he purchased a home on Key Biscayne in 1969 for $125,000. The property had a large enclosed swimming pool as well, and the government built a half-million-dollar helicopter pad. It was actually free-floating in Biscayne Bay. So they spent $500,000 on the helicopter pad for a $125,000 house. So if you're not familiar, Key Biscayne is a village. It's an island of Key Biscayne. It's connected to Miami via the Rickenbacker Causeway. It was originally built in 1947. So because it's very low in elevation, it's a direct exposure to the Atlantic Ocean as well. It's usually among the first Miami areas to be evacuated before an oncoming hurricane, a.k.a. Hurricane Andrew. Now, Nixon also had a friend that he would visit when he would come to South Florida, and his name was B.B. Rebozo. I love that name. B.B. Rebozo. Na, 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 na. No. So, anyway, he was a Florida banker and businessman who was a friend and confidant of President Nixon. He was the youngest of 12, hence the nickname Baby, Baby in Spanish, of Cuban immigrants that came to Tampa, Their names were Matthias and Carmen Rebozo. They owned several businesses in Florida, including a gas station and a group of laundromats, before he started his own bank, the Key Biscayne Bank and Trust in Key Biscayne, Florida. In 1964, Rebozo regularly attended Key Biscayne Community Church, sometimes accompanied during later years by President Nixon. Now, Rebozo first met then-U.S. Representative Nixon in 1950 through Florida Representative George Smathers. Smathers had recommended Key Biscayne as a vacation destination to Nixon, who eventually established a residence there, which was later nicknamed the Winter White House by journalists. Now, while Nixon was vacationing in Key Biscayne, Smathers and Rebozo would take Nixon deep-sea fishing, and Rebozo and Nixon then started a friendship that lasted for 44 years. Unlike President Trump, who flies into PBIA here in Palm Beach County, Nixon would not fly into Miami International Airport. Instead, there was always a great deal of activity at Homestead Air Force Base, which is to the south, where Air Force One and Marine One were secured on base while the president stayed at Key Biscayne. Now, the crews and all the support staff also stayed at Homestead, and after the president arrived on Air Force One, he would hop onto Marine One and head to Key Biscayne and land on his half-million-dollar floating helipad. 
I know the Homestead Air Force Base airport very well. I had a little mishap while flying around in Homestead in a traffic helicopter. It was a long ranger owned by Metro Networks. And I was about to go on hot on NBC6 during the Today Show over a fatal accident in Homestead. And I had a shot of a dead guy under a yellow tarp. His little foot was sticking out. And my pilot suddenly said, Karen, over the headset, we have to land now. I'm like, can't we wait a few minutes? I'm about to go live. He's like, no. So we hightailed it to Homestead Air Force Base. And when we landed, we were surrounded by foam trucks, fire trucks, guys in hazmat suits, silver hazmat suits, holding hoses and nozzles, and other guys holding AK-47s and wearing burgundy military tams. My pilot clamored out of the helicopter and yelled, don't foam my ship, don't foam my helicopter. Apparently, the oil pressure gauge had dropped to zero. We had no oil, and we came flying in Homestead with smoke streaming out the back of the helicopter. I can guarantee that that never happened to Air Force One or Marine One. It was terrifying. We were like moments away from our engines seizing up. Now, both Dick and Bibi enjoyed playing golf, and Dick enjoyed a stiff drink. Rebozo said Nixon's doctor had told him to cut out the martinis, and Rebozo reportedly told Nixon to get a second opinion. (laughs) I could have used a stiff drink when we came into Homestead smoking. When Nixon visited his ranch-style Key Biscayne house at least 50 times while he was in office, from 1969 until, of course, he resigned... In 1974, the house was torn down in 2004 to make way for a more modern structure, kind of like the Kennedy compound. Well, President Nixon's home on Bay Lane was part of a compound that Bibi Rebozo owned. In fact, Bibi lived right next door to the Winter White House. Here's a phone conversation that Nixon had with Bibi Rebozo shortly before he resigned. Bibi, where are you? I'm at home. What the hell are you doing there? Well, I just finished my annual shareholders meeting and uh, yeah. take this by yourself to dinner. Huh? No, I'm in the kitchen by myself. I got a couple of them in the living room. A couple of what? A couple of directors. <laughs> Male or female? One, one of them's Rackley. Oh boy, I wanted to tell you that uh, we decided I've decided to come down. Great. And uh, and uh, Julie told me that David, uh, she got hold of him and he said okay. Goddamn weather is bad that you're being evicted from the trailer. <laughs> well, you know, I, I tell you, I was really scared of this one. I I just got a feeling it's going to be good, but I was just scared. We're coming down day. about uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow. We'll be there. Great. And uh, oh, what the hell, it isn't too bad. It's okay. Well, I think it'll be all right. And well, anyway, we'll all do. go and enjoy it. Wonderful. The weather's bad, bye. So Rebozo had become a best friend and financial and real estate advisor to Nixon. And in 1968, Rebozo changed his party from Democratic to Republican. That's awfully nice of him. And according to Rebozo, the two men were swimming together at Rebozo's home in 1972 when Nixon was first informed of the Watergate hotel break-in. And he was with the president on the night that Nixon resolved to resign from the presidency. So he's like a key figure in all of the machinations that happened around 
Richard Milhouse Nixon. John Dean, Nixon's lawyer, testified before the House Judiciary Committee that he had been ordered to direct government agencies covertly to punish a journalist who called Rebozo Nixon's bagman. Rebozo was investigated for accepting covert payments of $100,000 on behalf of Richard Nixon. Now, that journalist had speculated that the Watergate special prosecutor, Archibald Cox, had been fired because he started to investigate Rebozo's role in Nixon's accepting covert payments. Rebozo received a letter threatening his life in 1974, and in 1976, he was the subject of a bank fraud investigation. The loan application Rebozo filed with the Hudson Valley National Bank of Yonkers, New York, stated that the loan was for residential real estate when it was actually used for business. Rebozo repaid the loan with interest, and the bank did not file a complaint. He finally died on May 8, 1998, of complications from a brain aneurysm. His head exploded. So Rebozo recalls the day that Nixon was told about the Watergate break-in. He says they were swimming at Key Biscayne in front of his house, and someone came out and told him what was going on, and Nixon said, what in God's name were they doing there at the Watergate Hotel? Rebozo recalled that they both laughed and forgot about it. So as the scandal became known collectively as Watergate, widened and deepened, ultimately destroying the Nixon presidency, Rebozo remained an unwavering champion and frequent companion of the embattled president. President Nixon appeared on the cover of Time magazine over 50 times, and in many of those appearances, Key Biscayne was the dateline of a national or international news story. Did you know that Melania Trump, since becoming the first lady, and she was formerly a high fashion model, has not appeared on one single U.S. magazine cover? Michelle Obama made the cover of about 33 magazines. I think that Melania did make the cover of Mexico's Vanity Fair. Anyway, in 1972, the Republican National Convention was held in Miami Beach, just a stone's throw away from Key Biscayne. So this was from August 21st to the 23rd, and Richard Nixon and Vice President Spiro Agnew were renominated on the first ballot. Nixon won re-election, of course, against George McGovern in 1972 in a landslide with the greatest electoral majority of over 500 electoral votes, and he also had the highest popular vote majority. But probably the most exciting, wonderful week in Nixon's life happened in January of 1973. He was newly elected president of the United States. Henry Kissinger was in Paris to sign a peace treaty to end the Vietnam War. And Nixon flew to Key Biscayne, and there was a big, huge celebration at the Key Biscayne Presbyterian Church. And Nixon rang a bell, which, by the way, is still on church grounds. And it marked the end of the war. However, the end of the Vietnam War was still rather elusive even after the signing of the treaty. Now, Nixon's downfall also had Key Biscayne ties. One year later, Nixon called his friend, his good old friend, Bibi Rebozo, and asked him to travel from Key Biscayne to Washington, D.C. And when he arrived at the White House, Nixon walked out and joined him in the limousine that had met Bibi at the airport. Nixon directed the driver to drive to the Potomac. Then they got way out of range from everyone and spoke into each other's ear. And Nixon told him about Watergate and where things stood. And Bibi reportedly said, you've got a chance. You can resign and leave in honor or you can be impeached. It's up to you. They went back to the White House. Bibi spent the night probably in the Lincoln bedroom and went back to Key Biscayne the next day. Three days later, Richard Nixon resigned the presidency of the United States. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Vice President Ford will be sworn in as president at that hour in this office.
They remained friends after Nixon left office. In fact, Bibi Rebozo took offense to what he felt were unfair Nixon critics, especially in the media. In 1978, he unsuccessfully sued the Washington Post for libel. Of course, it was the Washington Post that sank Richard Nixon, along with Deep Throat, who, by the way, wasn't Linda Lovelace. No, no, no. In case you didn't know, Deep Throat was William Mark Felt. He worked for the FBI from 1942 to 1973, and he was a Democrat, and he was the one that met with Woodward and Bernstein in the garage and spilled the beans and said, follow the money. So after Nixon was elected president in 1968, he cashed in his stocks and bonds and he deposited the receipts in a savings account in Bibi Rebozo's bank. After Nixon left the presidency and seemed in some economic straits, Mr. Rebozo and his bank came to Nixon's aid in business ventures. Bozo remained a true friend until the very end. In fact, he told the Miami Herald that the president was everything they say he's not. He was a very sensitive and thoughtful man and, of course, very brilliant. And finally, recently in 2009, a Florida state judge panel ruled that the Key Biscayne helicopter pad regularly used by former President Nixon cannot be used for private use. And they blocked a real estate company's bid to use the famous landmark. For Nixon, the helipad was part of his home, but also very strategic in case he needed to get out of Miami quickly. Plus, the helicopter pad is kind of outdated because helicopters are so 1990s. We get around by private plane these days. You know, and Roger Stone even lives in Broward County, and he has an image of Nixon's face tattooed on his back. Remember, I am not a crook. And I want to say this to the television audience. I made my mistakes, but in all of my years of public life, I have never profited never profited from public service. I've earned every cent that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. You know, Richard Nixon really had quite a pedigree. Did you know he was vice president to President Dwight D. Eisenhower? I mean, that's a pretty impressive resume. And still he was brought down by the media, the Washington Post, Woodward and Bernstein. And you know what? Ever since the relationship between the media and mostly Republican presidents has not been the same. I mean, it's just unrelenting. They keep wanting to take down the president. Everything is compared with Watergate. This is as big as Watergate. This is even bigger than Watergate. And then they keep impeaching presidents like Clinton and also Trump. It just doesn't seem to carry the same weight as it did when Nixon was toppled. And now for a new thought. I was a health reporter and something interested me. And I thought you might like to know about it. It's called Morgellons disease. It's a rare condition. And it's skin lesions that have fibers, colorful fibers that grow out of it. And they don't know what causes it. It is like the weirdest thing. Your skin feels like it's crawling, stinging. You get biting sensations. Researchers and healthcare professionals classify it as a delusional mental illness, but it's real. Researchers performed clinical evaluations, analyzed skin and blood samples, and reviewed medical history of each study participant. In doing so, they did not find a common underlying medical condition or infectious agent. And 43% of the participants had a fibrous material in at least one skin lesion. Upon further analysis, the researchers concluded the majority of the fiber samples contained cotton. However, they identified bacteria or fungi in 19 people. I tell you, it's the weirdest 
friggin' thing. And in 2017, a case study researchers documented the experience of a 30-year-old Korean woman who said that she had Morgellons disease. And according to the authors, she reported having skin lesions on her arms, hands, and chin, which lasted two months. And she also had the fibers projecting from her skin. Upon further investigation, researchers concluded that the fibers contained human skin cells. And they found the fibers originated from hair follicles, not fabric. In a more recent study in 2018 involving a thousand people with Lyme disease, 6% of these individuals had Morgellons disease. And of those with Morgellons disease, 77% had one additional infection. So here's the symptoms. It's a rare skin condition involved with the appearance of black, white, red, or blue fibers underneath the skin protruding from the skin. People who have Morgellons disease may also develop slow healing ulcers on the skin. Other symptoms, chronic or severe fatigue, difficulty concentrating, memory problems, muscle and joint pain, the feeling of insects crawling and stinging and biting your skin, joint pain, neuropathy. For a long time, doctors just said, hey, it's all in your head. You don't have anything that you just scratched your skin and that's the fibers are from the clothes sticking to your skin. So there's no standard treatment guidelines for Morgellons disease. And doctors may recommend antibiotic therapy if they believe that a person's condition resulted from a bacterial infection or a tick-borne illness. And doctors who believe that the person's symptoms result from a mental health condition may prescribe psychiatric medications such as anti-anxiety or antipsychotic drugs. And they also recommend talk therapy. Yeah, let me talk to you, Doc, about this weird-ass disease I have with, like, fibers growing out of my skin and my bones hurt. What the fuck? So if you think you have Morgellons disease, which is rare and poorly understood, you can contact your doctor if you develop these skin wounds from no apparent cause, have long lasting wounds, you find these fibers embedded in there, you have joint or muscle pain, you feel extremely tired most days, and experience memory or concentration problems. I just hope I never get it. It sounds horrendous. And plus, they don't know what the hell it is. Well, check out my Full Rigor Instagram page. And also, don't forget to give me five stars. That wraps up Full Rigor. Thanks for joining me. Have a great fourth. Until next time. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.